0: Vintage Radio.
1: Radio now present Poetry Roundup, with myself, Kemal Horton. Today's guest poet is Mike Penny. This is the first part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 18th of March 2020. For further information about this show, you can either contact me via Vintage Radio's website, the info page, or by going on to my website, camelhorton.com. Welcome to Poetry Roundup with myself, Camel Horton, and today's guest poet is Mike Penny. Hello, Mike. Hello, Camel.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, hello, world. We have a a show packed with all sorts of things, Uh, and we're going to start off with a track from Kiwanuka, and it's Hero. Here it is.
3: my view.
1: Ah, that was Kiwanuka with Hero from the album Kiwanuka, uh, rather excellent and uh, got a good 1960s feel to it and you can see some of the influences going on throughout the whole album and uh, it's, new, well, I'd we'll say new for me, very new for me, it came out at the end of last year. So uh, we are current on this programme, if nothing else, we are going to Start off with something from the archive right away. This is from April 2017, and it's Paul
4: Beach. Larkton Hill. Steep is this track I climb, hand in hand with my love. Our friend leading the way up this wooded shoulder of sandstone. Her jolly dog spot racing by, a skitter of paws in golden leaf. Steep is this track of tangled briars, mossy green boulders, the flash of a jay, milky mist threading through birch, holly, oak, as far below lies the old life, where my ghost must reside in photographs hidden. Spoons in a drawer the wrong way round, a certain chair claimed by others. Steep was the climb to this high heath Of heather, scrub, adders, buzzards aloft Where we lunch on a log Spot, ears pricked, poor raised As the Iron Age ghosts of Maiden Castle call me down Steep was the climb to this summons rejected Sun breaking through over distant hills Bright blood hot in my veins bubbling mirth, an accidental selfie. No ghost at all, as I claim this new life.
1: Ah, yes, that was Paul Beach with his poem Larkton Hill. And, Mike, we've been up Larkton Hill a few times. We certainly have. Yes, not far from uh, where a friend of ours and fellow Chester poet lives uh, in Tattenhall. That's Pam Moyle, of course, and she's organised a couple of picnics up Larkton Hill. So we've... uh, rather enjoyed speaking of climbing things this next poem is from my annual collection of nonsense that i put out Um, and it's called taking steps the spiral staircase twists and turns it takes you up and brings you down so when you think you've reached the top you find yourself back on the ground You see the place you want to be, take the passage, climb the stir, but east is west at every turn, when you emerge you are not there. The place where you still want to be is up a turret far away. You take your time and plan your route, then you dive from the light of day, down in the dungeon you've turned wrong, not right. At least you can escape, you climb straight steps, But then the stirs lose you with their tricky misshapes. On the toppest top it tingles, and there's such treasure down below. All about the people mingle from places such as you can't know. Yet isn't that the way things are? You may think you're getting nowhere, but with the twists and turns you should enjoy each stir that takes you there.
5: gets a snail, that's what it is The up upon my garden gets a snail, that's what it is First there is a mountain Then there is no mountain Then there is First there is a mountain Then there is no mountain Then there is sheds his skin to find the butterfly within. Caterpillar shed his skin to find the butterfly within. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain. For one eats, no one eats up, I call your name Oh, the snow will be a blinding sight to see As it lies on yonder hillside Look up on my garden, gates, a snail, that's what it is Look up on my garden, gates, a snail, that's what it is Caterpillar sheds his skin to find the butterfly within Caterpillar sheds his skin to find the butterfly within
3: Everybody,
5: everybody! First there is a mountain Then there is no mountain Then there is First there is a mountain no mountain, mountain, a, a mountain, then there is no mountain,
1: Ah, no a... uh, yes, that's Donovan. Donovan from his. Well, one of his many greatest hits albums. They're all a bit different. But that's um, from 1967. And there is a mountain. And it was a hit at the time. I remember it well. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was about 12 at the time. A strange child. But that that goes without saying. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so we will uh, press on, press on. Uh, again, from the archive, Vicky Charlton.
6: This is called um, It Doesn't Matter and it's about a a girl that I used to go to school with actually and I hadn't seen her for a long time. And then we arranged to meet up Chester train station of all places and um, she delivered a devastating line to me which I'll tell you at the end of the poem. But it's called It Doesn't Matter. It doesn't matter that we haven't seen each other for 27 years nor that we've both wasted time eating our own words. It doesn't matter that between us, we have four kids that have never even met. And it doesn't matter that she let go without a second thought or a single word, like the leaf forced to leave the tree. She just let go. It doesn't matter that I'm in good health, nor that my longest relationship has lasted five years, or that I'm either dreaming or working or trying to change something. It doesn't matter because the person I am meeting has spent six and a half of the past 27 years sectioned. Her name is Charis and I don't know what the clinical name for her condition is, but the ruddy cheeks, overweightness and lack of bodily hygiene speak volumes. I manage a smile and it feels like the biggest smack in the mouth I could give her, but the stench is so great that as I give her a hug, I hold my breath until I can last no more and continue shallow breaths in and out of my mouth, eyes tight shut because she's looking at me. And through embarrassment, because I can't hug her like I want, like a real mate would, I look away to see unidentifiable people swivelling and rubbernecking, all looking at us, screaming silent screams. It wasn't good and it wasn't bad. It was what it was. And it was just that.
1: Yes, that was Vicky Charlton from uh, March 2018. And I think that poem in particular nails some of the conflicts that you have as a professional carer when you are paid to to do things and and you want to do things uh, that are good for people. But sometimes it's difficult. Our guest poet today is Mike Penny. Not just a poet, but a poet and musician and songwriter extraordinaire. Well, thank you, on. Yes. Up. And we're going to start with one of your poems.
2: What poem is that. Um, quite a few of these poems I'm reading this afternoon have emerged from a group I a- attend, New Chapter Writers, on the first Wednesday of the month, 1 o'clock or 1.30, now in the white bear on the high street in Whitchurch and we give ourselves prompts every month, sometimes an an object, sometimes a a picture or a photo, and we have to write a... it's not compulsory, and this particular um, image was a clock in the railway... what looks like a railway station. It might not be, but it looks like it, and there's snow falling. Yes. And I wrote about the clock, the element of time. Clock face afloat. Through time's curved shadow A journey to where a station meets a winter sky Blurred by snow Freezing time to darkness Where thought dissolves to nothing Unseen in deep silence A lone fountain peers on Frozen in its cloak of ice
1: Ooh. And that's just been inspired by... A picture. The picture you've got there. Yes, yes. So it just goes to show that uh, you don't need to actually go out and stand on a drafty railway station to to get inspiration to write. Somebody can give you something and away you go. And uh, the next thing we're going to listen to is one of your songs.
2: Some of these songs I've I've written in collaboration, others uh, are my my lyrics and music. But this one I wrote in collaboration when in 1994... I got a close friend and colleague of mine who works at Airbus, passed me some lyrics he'd written, based on the Narnia Chronicles, and I thought I'll put some music to this, and I did. And um, the uh, instrument accompanying my, my my vocals here is a viola, being played by Ian Milnes from Hull. Right.
1: And you were both working, you and Simon Irving, were both working at Airbus at the time. Yes. Um, right, yes.
2: And Simon was was very happy and pleased with the results, actually, um, of it. So uh, if you you enjoy um, The Lion and the Witch of the Wardrobe and Dawn Shredder and all uh, this is um, a, a song for you.
1: And this is Map of Dreams. Yes.
7: I'll sail away when this night has fallen On a gold's pale wing to that magic shore I saw you once on a torn old parchment A world to which I could never go are still calling down those fable years to me Oh just a map of dreams to that shore I want my heart to climb To the lion's flag on a far green hill. Gather there, those hosts awaiting. Are recalling down some lost mythology. Ah, just a map of dreams. Through that door, I want my steps to lean. To the last last place where sorcery holds sway to the faith. uncharted shore chant
1: Our guest poet today, Mike Penny, with Map of Dreams, recorded in 1994.
2: No, that's what it was written. I think it it was recorded later, but I can't remember the date. It was recorded in Hull by a chap called Jim Patterson. They brought all his equipment along from Yorkshire, yeah. Yes. The late Jim Patterson, yeah.
1: Well, a nice recording. We've got all sorts of recordings you've brought with you today, and some of them... like the, some of them are on professional or semi professional equipment like that was. And some of them have been recorded on uh all sorts of things. So
2: Ken Whitelaw from Chester has, um recorded quite a few of them. They're Very good mm. recordings as well.
1: Well, we will we will see as we go. But um uh, all sorts of different recordings from different times in your life, which is quite exciting. Now w- one of the things that also happened in your life, not wishing to sound like Eamon Andrews here, but um yeah was with Mark Lloyd, who wrote the words to Subway Sister, which you went on to uh, record yourself, and with Electric Toadstool. And
2: yeah, recorded twice. With Electric Toadstool, I sang the sang the song a lot slower. We haven't got the recording here today, but it has been played as this year. Yes,
1: yeah. yes, we have played it a few times. And, um, yeah. But this is Mark from when he was our guest poet here, In November 2018
0: reading Subway Sister. Subway Sister. As I delve the concrete's nocturne and a neon blags my eyes it seems to me a rhapsody to my spike heels rhythm replies dark and tall hidden sister make your shadow cling close to the wall down on my knees exalted eclipse subjugated with casual ease front onto back green stuff folded only you nourished my ennui lack echoes rebound a nomad nimbus you were the savior that i found deep in a detour loose i stand chased with all but her chosen fans shade to anointed lovers high gently i pass their sight line by last in my labyrinth the solitary stand chased with even her chosen hand bereft to unknown lovers right gently i twist as the memories bite long and lean beckoning sister your baser being knew why I dream proud and hard sanctum of secrets never for an instant drop your guard tarnished by luck cloistered prey giving your all to a flourishing buck bankrupt of worth cold and sealed fate rides out on your pleasure surf False haven in the jaundiced light, abandoned as the naked night, I bluff the silence and whispers with the spirit of the subway. Yes, Mark Lloyd with Subway Sister. Now that's quite a different
1: version to the words that you sing. Yeah, he's
2: changed it twice um, since I I did the first... um, music a composer, the first version of the words, he went and changed it. <laughs> uh, and I looked at it, I, I, I could not um, adopt those new words, because the, the original words were so fixed in my mind. Yes. And then he went and not changed this again, but that's what you just heard. Yes. He's the quite th- a wordsmith, is Mark.
1: Yes, and I think as a poem, he's crafted it further, so it's tighter as a poem than the yeah. original. yeah. But I'm not sure... How you'd sing that now? No,
2: it's too. Yeah,
1: yeah, because the the, the way the words flow, and in a sense, it 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 demonstrates the difference between writing poetry and writing song lyrics.
2: Yeah, his first version was definitely lyrics rather than poetry.
1: And we've both done a bit of that ourselves, so we 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 know there is a difference in 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 how you approach it. And speaking of uh, song lyrics, of course, you've got another song coming up now. What's this one?
2: this was written in the 90s mid 90s um it's my words and music in this case and it's about um the fact that time goes on and one day we we won't be here mhm Speaking people's memories and but where do we go on from there yes. um and it's that, it's basically about that And it's called tomorrow's journey where will we be tomorrow yes here it is
7: soon now. Our souls like the leaves will soon pale and fade, ready to climb. So far away, oh me, when Arctic winter snow invades.
1: journey and uh again from the mid 90s
2: written then yes i'm not sure when it was recorded i think later, later that, that decade yeah
1: and it was just you and your guitar
2: yes recorded by recorded by a chap whose mother lived in blatant peter downs who was a singer and artist yes. himself
1: yes and it's a nice clean recording hardly and in fact no hiss that i could yeah. hear on it and, and uh, very good yes and you have another poem.
2: I do another one from a prompt from New Chapter Writers in Whitchurch. which I you've got you have a month to to, to you know, come up with something, and this poem actually rhymes. Now, most mostly I write free verse, but I've got no objection to rhyme, and when it comes out as as, as a rhyming poem, it's, it's really good. And I didn't I didn't intend it to rhyme, but that's how it happens. It's called <laughs> Comets. With silver breath in silver light, a comet foaming down the night. Emerging from far depths of space, returning soon with glowing pace. Back through the icy moons of Mars, towards galactic maps of stars. Kindred of the worlds beyond, departing with a fiery song. Ooh,
1: yes. Was that written about any particular comet, or was it just...
2: No, no. Now the strange thing was, I mentioned the icy moons of Mars, and I thought, "Well, that's not true. Mars doesn't have moons." But then I found out it does. It
1: does. They're more
2: like they're more like big lumps of rock. Yeah. Um, and I thought, "Well, how did I, how did I know that? I think it's just coincidence. <laughs> I could say I was being intuitive." But.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes you you know you've got this, you have that much information that you've just got an inkling that something's true. Yeah. And. You know, you don't, you don't actually know it, know it, but you think that, and very often it is true. So you're digging deep into your subconscious there for that one.
2: Yeah, so that's a bit of a mystery. But as you say, it's probably also what it says. But yes. explain. and of
1: course they now say that Mars is full of ice, isn't it?
2: Yeah, they do say that many, many millions of years ago, it was more like Earth, um, with water and lakes, and because it's a smaller. Um, planet the solar wind is actually taking away most of the atmosphere yes it doesn't take our atmosphere away because we're a bigger planet and the gravity keeps us
1: well we, we've got it so far let's look after it <laughs> <laughs> and we've got another song by you what can you tell us about this one
2: now this was a um, Simon Irving who I mentioned earlier as his own group and John Gibson is, he He'd done a piano piece, and I listened to it, and listened to it. This is what this is quite a number of years ago now. And um, listening to it, I, I was getting words, and eventually I put words to this piano piece by John Gibson. And um, I think the, there's an extra vocal on here. I think it's Helen, Helen Yardley, oh. who's singing this with me.
1: Right. Well, it's Don't Leave Me Now the Summer Is Gone. And we'll give it a listen and see um, if we can spot any... Who else we can spot in it? (laughs)
7: Don't leave me now, the summer has gone. Oh no, no. Don't leave me now, the summer has gone. Oh no, no. You are mine in July's garden, drowned in the fire. and faith. Come Tomorrow Will you Stay Don't leave me Now the summer has gone Oh no no Don't leave me Now the summer has gone Oh no no Making our love with the fading roses, Farbee.
1: Don't leave me now. The summer is gone. An excellent recording, I have to add, because uh, c- because it was me that recorded it.
2: It <laughs> was you, Camel, and I should have credited you. Were also with the um, fill-in <laughs> guitar there, very well w- well played. And Ray, yes, Ray Ray Davis on bongos, yes. and he's a professional uh, drummer. Also Helen Yardley was also a professional singer, um, so that's why the the, yes. the the voice was so nice. So.
1: Yes, and recorded in, in the house I grew up in. Uh, we're here. We have plenty of space in there to do all sorts of mad stuff.
2: But I don't know how long ago that I was. <laughs>
1: it was roughly 10 years... I'd say that's 10, maybe a bit more. Yeah. 10, maybe 12 years ago. Between 10 and 12 years ago. But uh, Yes, lovely song, lovely song. Now then, we have, we are coming to, yes, another um uh, piece from the archive and now we're going back to 2014 for this next uh, poem and this is David Subaki.
8: This poem is simply called Liverpool and it deals with, I suppose, the third major influence in my writing. We've heard about Italy and we've heard about Wales. This is Liverpool. Liverpool. My roots are tangled. Italy, Wales and Merseyside, each straining for attention, craving the sustenance that promotes life, sometimes in cooperation, sometimes in competition, coiling around my feet, tugging at my senses. And when I travel, they go with me, with their own clear messages, different accents, whispering advice in both my ears, different languages. Explaining, criticising, recommending strategies, allaying all my fears. Works of art and literature, music and architecture, politics and poetry, fertilising my mind, feeding me with riches, never holding me back. But in times of crisis, in the deepest depths of night, it's Liverpool I turn to, to tell me what is right.
1: Yes, I think that's a fantastic poem oh, of, lovely, of David, yeah. yes.
2: And I'm sure oh, it, I love Liverpool myself. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm sure it strikes a chord with uh, many of our listeners, too, that idea of turning to Liverpool. And uh, we have. Um, well, up to another poem from you.
2: Yes, I think this is from prompt from New Chapter Writers in Whitchurch. It's called Moonstruck. Oh, by the way, all these poems I'm reading this afternoon are my recent, recent poems. Moonstruck. You drag with your lunar heels the deep ocean shadow, serene spacious lung of the planet's vocabulary. Our hidden concealed consciousness echoes your unfathomable story. Sea flame from ocean storms Outside our perceptions, gravity, the siren's oyster breath upfills some voids beyond dark inner spaces, where tides and thoughts, unformed, rise silent, from our minds' opaque profundity.
3: Ooh,
1: yes. So all of these are, are, are newish poems. Then. Yes,
2: they're, they're mostly written after, be, after from which, the Whitchurch Writers Group. So the
1: which Church Writers Group. How long have you been going there now?
2: A few years now. It's called uh, New Chapter Writers, actually. Yes. Uh, just, just to mention, we meet once a month, one we we've changed venues. We now meet in a public house called The White Bear, the bottom of the high street, the opposite side of the church. And at the moment, of all... Of the cancellations of gri- this is actually still going going to, going to right. happen
1: as far as we know
2: as far as we know <laughs> we <laughs> make out can- but there's only a small number of us like three or four and we yes. have an, an outbuilding which yeah. is that, like from the rest of the pub so we're, it's sort of isolated from the pub mm-hmm. so um we don't know if the pub's going to close for you know for yes. a short while but at the moment uh, Dedek, who's at the pub landlord says he's in the foreseeable future he's going to keep his pub open right
1: so. and um so you set a target, well not a target, but each month you're given something you can go away and write about.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's optional. People don't have to do it. There's no yeah. pressure. Sometimes we have an object. Uh, it could be a seashell, a feather, yeah. or some uh, or, 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 or a picture, and sometimes a piece of music to listen to yeah. to see if you if you get words coming from. Listen. We don't say uh, I I do that, but I don't say who the composer is. Right. I just I just pass the music on.
1: And you found it useful then for keeping your um, keeping the juices flowing.
2: It certainly does. It's a very creative little group. And Mark Lloyd goes to it. The one, who, he, yes, Max's and he's been writing stories. Yes, fantastic stories.
1: Well, long may it continue. Uh-huh. And we we go on to another piece of music now. This is a uh, pity me. What can you tell me about pity me?
2: Yes. Well, <sighs> Ken Whitelaw is. Um, A very good um, folk's musician from Chester, and he's a multi-instrumentalist. There's nothing he can't play. Keyboard, violin, guitar, um, and so forth. And he gave me these lyrics he'd written about a a mining disaster in 1922 in a place called New Hartley, a bad one. And he'd written these lyrics and said, could you put music to it? And I thought, I'll have a go. And I did. And Mm -hmm. I, I sang and recorded it. Hoping to take it to the folk clubs, but we never did. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, I found them recording the recording. that the not done. Yeah, I thought that's a damn good song. I'm not um, trying to boast. I thought, why on earth did we forget to do it? And uh, it, it 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 would if it uh, the right group. Yeah, got hold of it, so it. I think it would go somewhere, but I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs>
1: yeah, we we. Try, we, we did it a few times with Celtic Spirit, didn't we, we did, in yeah. those concerts and things that we did. And uh, so, this is, uh, and Pity Me is the name of the mine, isn't it? I think it is. Or is a, it the village?
2: It, it, I think it's the village, yeah. Or oh, the village. In, in New Hartley.
1: In, so this is his, well, here's a song. Ken,
2: Ken's words, my my music, and my vocals. Right.
9: Pity me, a new orange just been built. These owners, these miners, they're out to skim. There's no rules of safety, no one to oversee. Pity the miner, pity me. In Pity Me, villages tough to get by. If you don't work the coalface, my family will die. These black legs and Pity the Miner, Me, Pity Me, Pissy me owns, built many a new mine, Hartley, Newcastle, Blythe and Seaham, The land is cheap and so are our lives, Pity the Miner, Pity Me. Sunday the engine been snapped We lost 1,000 men and men to P Pity the miner, pity me Pity me, village is tough to get by Don't work the coal, my family will die These blacklegs and Cornwall causes me fear Pity the miner, pity me. Oh, pity me, mine is open so fast. The cage plummets me to the colting so fast. Tail at this new holy tragedy. Pity the miner.
7: Hope as my family will die These black legs from cornwall causes me fear
9: the
1: Pity Me, recorded by a whole load of people in Ken's kitchen, I expect.
2: Yeah, and that's Ken on mandolin, and other instruments, I think, as well. And other vocalists there, and I can't remember who else was singing (laughs) with me. That
1: was one of the things about those sessions, is that all sorts of people turned up, and people would come and go, and they'd just come and play something or sing something and disappear again. Yeah. They'd never return (laughs) again in your life. Yeah. They were good days. They were good days. I haven't seen Ken for a long time. Well,
2: I spoke to him the other day. I rang him up to mention that I was going to play. We were going to play the song on this radio. Right.
1: So if you're listening, Ken, hello. We'll have to get together one day soon. Yes. Next, we have a a poem. Another singer-songwriter and writer of poems is Keith Horton who is no relation to me as far as I know anyway, although we we share the same well, we share the same initials, never mind, mind the same surname. <laughs> so it's a bit strange when I see him on the programme, I think, what? Oh no, it's not me. <laughs> so Keith um, regularly plays at uh, the River Poets at Gallagher's and is thoroughly entertaining. He has a CD out of his songs as well which is his bark is worse than his bite. But this is him with one of his poems from when he was our guest in June of last year.
10: About 30 years ago, I stopped eating meat. And uh, people always ask why and various reasons. I don't normally bore people with my reasons. It's just a mixture of personal choice, health, and the fact that we don't need to. But anyway, it inspired me to write this poem. It's called Red Fingernails no longer for me the sizzling succulents of a medium-rare sirloin steak the mouth-watering aroma of liver and onions frying in a pan to wake up with red fingernails from the chicken of the night before so you don't eat meat she asks incredulously no what about chicken that's meat fish that's still meat but it's unnatural we're meant to eat meat she insisted But why is natural always seen as right? Is it natural for fair-skinned people to lie in the sun all day until they look like a lobster? Is it natural for fat-faced, overweight, middle-aged men to go jogging in some fey attempt attend to getting trim? Is it natural to keep a pig in the pen, four foot by two foot, unable even to turn over and to be simply seen as a breeding machine to keep supermarkets supplied with cheap bacon? The whole point of being human So we don't have to live inside the confinement of what is natural. Yes, and also I might add
1: that Keith gave up eating meat at roughly the same time as me. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yes, I think he makes a good point there. Next we have um, another of your songs Mike.
2: Yeah, I wrote this specifically for um, a very uh, upsetting thing, a friend of ours, only 19, he used to come to the folk sessions in Chester The ship Victory, A young chap called Jamie, uh, he had a bed sit in Chester and one afternoon his mother went to visit him and found he'd passed away. Mm. Uh, we weren't too sure of the causes, um, we didn't think it was an heart attack, it was more like a cot death, they, they said. So I wrote this song for him and I, I sang it live once and then I haven't, I haven't sung it since. I no. I think it's a bit of a, a, a sad thing so but it did i did record it uh, I, I, I think uh, Cad C- whitelaw recorded this right
1: here yeah. it is <laughs> <laughs>
7: It is shown brightly
1: that's another one from Ken's kitchen I feel it says yes 1998
2: yes. that was written
1: yes it's a bit of a work in progress that one isn't it which I can see why you probably wouldn't follow it because of
2: I've never sang it since 1990 uh, 1999 no. uh, I, I, I've not picked up the guitar song yet now no,
1: no it, it's a difficult one to know what to do with isn't it yeah when you write something which is Not necessarily a a funeral piece, but it's about somebody and uh, it stirs up all sorts of uh, emotions then, doesn't it?
2: It certainly does.
1: Yes. Still, it's good to have a a, a copy of it, a recording of it. Yeah, well,
2: that's preserved in that that sense, yeah.
1: Yeah. And you have another poem.
2: Again, a prompt. uh, It was a picture of a, a dilapidated building. It looks like a cottage, I'm not too sure, Camel. And with autumn trees and a sad a sad feeling, a beautiful yes. painting by a lady called Elaine Susson.
1: Well, looking at the painting, I'd say it looks a bit like um, a lodge, really, a sort of small sort of thing you'd find at a gatehouse, but there's no gate next to it, but maybe the gate's the other side of the building. Could
2: be. Anyway, I looked at it and um, I wrote this called Relic. Some Mistroon Road. Long slid from dreams. Its fragments profound somewhere. growl to old scars. Tears I once knew. My soul in other epochs. Vanished ages. Where a dwelling from some silent vortex. Its pattern blurred. On some leafy distant hill. Where even phantoms. Have bled away. Through cracks in time. Does her hand still linger there. Feeling mine Once blood and flesh ours once shared An autumnal landscape through a window once we knew and shrines her name.
1: Ooh. Ah. So we wonder who who the her is. Who is her name? What is her name? I don't know, it's just
2: sort of like a previous life maybe or when I was looking at it I thought maybe I lived there once in some other but this, this is
1: the beauty about writing about uh, a painting because the whole thing becomes a fiction doesn't it and, yeah. and you can play with it quite comfortably there. Yeah. whereas if you'd visited the building you might not feel Get quite the same because the, yeah. the building's solid and is real yeah. and you're tied to closer to reality yeah. so with that you can build on somebody else's fiction which is interesting interesting Right, it's time to say goodbye for me, Camel Horton.
2: And goodbye from me, Mike Penny.
1: You have been listening to Poetry Roundup, Brought to you by Vintage Radio. Today's guest poet has been Mike Penny. This has been the first part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 18th of March 2020.
0: Vintage Radio.
1: Radio now presents Poetry Roundup with guest poet Mike Penny. This is the second part of the programme that was originally broadcast on the 18th of March 2020. For information about the show, you can always contact me at info at vintageradio.org.uk or via my own website, kennelhorton.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to Poetry Roundup with myself, Camel Horton, and today's guest poet is Mike Penny. Hello, Mike. Hello, Camel.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: <laughs> yes. yes. hello, world. We have a, a show packed with all sorts of things. Now that in June of last year, we were, I think, well blessed by having the Palestinian poet, Nahida Yassin, as our guest. Uh, she was just so interesting Uh, coming from, well, a different culture to to ours, and writing stuff that was interesting and telling us about her life. And uh, she said that her English wasn't good enough to read her poetry, which (laughs) I'd still dispute, but she came with her friend uh, Anne Camplin who read her poetry for her. Um, And again... that says something about uh, the work she put in, like her ear for her poetry. She knew how it should sound in English, but she felt she couldn't do it justice. And so she had Anne Camplin do the reading for her. The first of the poems that she did with us was Will I Ever Grow Up Again? Nahida left um, Palestine when she was six years old. So the bit of her that feels stuck that feels still six years old, because that was the age she was when she left home. Anyway, it's all in this poem.
11: The first poem is Will I Ever Grow Up Again? It was written by Nahida in 2003, and it's a reflection on the events of 1967, when Israel once again attacked the West Bank, where Nahida and her family were living in a little village called Betiksa, which is a few miles away from Jerusalem. Uh, Nahida was seven years old at the time and she's felt that uh, the experience of being driven out of her home, well, she had a big extended family. She was the eldest of five children, so mother had to take a baby in arms and a toddler, and the other children, and put layers and layers of clothes on them because that was the only way she could carry clothes for them. She needed both hands to hold her babies. Um, And she couldn't hold suitcases, so the children were piled up with clothes, layers of clothes in very hot weather. It's called Will I Ever Grow Up Again? Life on Hold. My internal clock shattered into pieces. Forty years of forced exile have no record in my book of memories. Chapters of lost titles, blank sheets, page after page, unseen pictures with no lines, mysterious characters with no faces. Images that have neither shape nor colour. Invisible words that have no letters nor meanings. A sad story with an unwritten script. Life on hold. Aging by the day, head inflamed with grey hair, swallowed by a dark sea of shame. Having to flee without facing the storm Shaken by the gales of hurt and pain With my roots uprooted A freezing, everlasting winter Watching over my shoulders, awaiting my decay Life on hold I was seven I am seven I will be seven, and I will stay seven until the day of my return. The pieces of my shattered clock will be put together that day, and it will start ticking again. The pink and white blossoms of my spring will become something more than just a dream.
1: I think she's a wonderful poet. And she brings this, uh, well, it's almost patronising to say she brings an authenticity to what she's writing about. But so much of what you read about refugees is written by other people. But she, just that picture of the children having all their clothes put on and walking through a hot day wearing all their clothes because you couldn't carry suitcases. It's just stunning, and to think... That's, that was, what, 50 years ago and it's still happening today, and it's happening worse today. But, uh, yeah, I think she brings it fresh and, uh, yes, you can feel it. We move on. We've got another piece of your music, but not you singing this time. This is, uh, tell me the story behind Only You, Lord.
2: It began when Pam Oyle, one of our um, fellow poets who lives in Saturn Hall wrote a couple of poems Garden regarding Gethsemane, um, and another one, um, Betrayal, um, and I said to Pam, why don't you write some lyrics for um, a Christian song and I'll attempt to put music to it, and she did. It was about her experience in gardening and um, it was called Only You Lord Can Make the... The idea was that we can plant seeds in a, in a pot or in soil, and after that it's up to uh, nature and God for them to grow. That was the idea. Anyway, this was 2010. In 2011 I worked on it and uh, I created a tune which sounded very much like a, a composer on the guitar but when it was played on the keyboard. Ian Milnes went and put um i mentioned before an armoni- a, an harmonization armoni- to it and it sounded like a hymn a traditional hymn that was never the intention it was meant to be a, a folk song mm-hmm. anyway um we we know Ian notated this, and after that it's been performed at various churches uh, mm. a total of twelve times. Once the Quaker meeting house and chapels, um, once in France as well. Wow! Performed Be- there uh, uh, twelve times to date, and it's been used actually as um, a harvest festival song, and it's actually not a harvest festival hymn at all. It's about all the seasons. Yeah. But it really does sound like a harvest festival hy- hymn.
1: Well, it didn't set out to be a Harvest Festival no. hymn, but it's it's kind of become one.
2: If you listen to the words uh, that Pam wrote, it's taken you through all the seasons. Mm. So it's, it's not specifically a Harvest Festival hymn. But when it's been performed, it's been performed at Harvest Festivals because right. it, it's it got that feel about it.
1: And so this recording we're going to hear, where was it recorded?
2: This particular one um, was recorded in Northwich, in 2013 I think by the, the group there that oh, well, I've just got it down here somewhere um, The Condate Singers? That's right I found the it that, G- January 2013 I went down to Northwich on the train with my guitar oh no with the recorder and um, th- that particular choir sang it and I made a recording of it
1: and here it is Oh, God,
3: love the
1: I'm right in saying that's probably the first time you've ever had a hymn on um, Poetry Roundup, but uh, yeah. it definitely sounds like a hymn to me.
2: Yeah, it wasn't composed as a hymn. Actually, on the guitar, it sounds more like a folk song. Yeah. When uh, Ian put the notated it and played it on the piano and then on the organ, my God, it sounds like a hymn. Yes. So yeah. It's
1: interesting how these things yeah. evolve and yeah. how they they get a life of their own, don't they?
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yes. In the meantime, it's a piece of music this time. And this is Siren. So, what can you tell us about Siren?
2: Well, the music was written in 1999, but the actual words were written by me in July 1992. (coughs) It's basically um, a traditional style, a Baudelaria in pants and where lines repeat. And um, I gave the lyrics, the poem or lyrics to... Steve Byrne, he's a singer and composer in 1999 and he composed music to the words, which uh, he's, he's singing here. So, this
1: is Steve Byrne singing?
2: Singing, it's, it's, it's his music, but my words.
1: that was Siren as sung by Steve Byrne and you have the words in front of you as a poem the,
2: the visual poem was written in 1992 the music was yes. composed a few years later in 1999
1: and what's the f- what's the format again?
2: a Baudelarion Pantam right and it's where lines repeat it needs to also rhyme it's, it's, it's quite a tricky thing to write um, you, you need a lot, of sk- a lot of skill to get to get it right and, uh, I've written about three or four Baudelarion Pantoms. This one's called Siren. Uh, You've just heard the words being sung, and now they're being read. (laughs) She waits there on some wild shore of night, A shape alone who knows the hidden storm, Whose hair and breath evoke the stars unborn, And paints the diamond gull in distant flight. A shape alone knows the hidden storm, She rolls the waves with heaven's dreamy light And paints the diamond gull in distant flight To reach in thought and drink her naked form. She rolls the waves with heaven's dreamy light Now darkness shrouds this sinking bay forlorn To reach in thought and drink her naked form Upon these fading sands beyond my sight. Now darkness shrouds this sinking bay forlorn. A wild urging sends my soul to plight. Upon these fading sands beyond my sight, she holds my desperate life, impaled and torn.
1: Yes. Very atmospheric, and again, the repetition just leads into this mysticism. <laughs> so you can see how it works as a song as well. Now then, we can move... On to uh, another poet from the archive. This is from March of last year, and it's
12: Chris Coey. This is called Star Stuff. There is a bit of cosmology in it, but also um, I was a huge fan of Carl Sagan. Anyway, this is a poem, and it's called Star Stuff. As I look into the blessed night and consider the diamonds of the sky... I lose focus and wander down the light of my own life. Contemplate every scene. And with clarity, I see all those I love. Before me, most lucidly of all, those no longer. What of you now? Relative. Friend. Lover. Star. Star. The mind returns the eyes skyward, deep into space. And I recall words of cosmology. To view a star is to literally look back in time. A beautiful thought and time now distorted by tears. Did mankind even exist when your light left you? Such a journey to end. In my
1: eyes. He's a wonderful poet, Chris Coe, He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He does. He's very perceptive
2: as well. Yes.
1: And it's that mixture of being able to use the words, but also he's got a great deal of knowledge. His general knowledge is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, Chris. So he just knows so many things that he can put into the poems, and you know that if he says it's true, it's going to be true. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as science is concerned, yes. Yeah. But... Uh, Yes, excellent. And we move on now to another one of your songs. Yeah, this not from round here, is it? This song? No,
2: I've got, I've got the diary entry, uh, nineteen eighty-one, the twenty-eighth of July uh, of the twenty-eighth of July, nineteen eighty-one. It was a Tuesday. I caught a train to Houston. Yes. Then caught a taxi to Finchley Road, where I was staying with Neil. Uh, he used to be one of the Chester poets. And in the evening, we went round Hampstead Village with a Vaughan joined us, Vaughan Biffle. And we went to a pub called Hollybush and the an Nags Head. And then we went to a hamburger restaurant. And the following day, uh, it was the royal wedding on the Wednesday of Princess Di, Diana. And I sat on Hollybush again in the afternoon, watching the wedding through a um, uh, tele- television. People were, were watching it. Anyway, that evening, I started to write a poem called This Morning Spirit is Winter, because I was on a sort of high uh, then, uh, over something. Um, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I, did, I don't take illegal substances. I was just, my spirit was high. And years later, I wrote, I wrote words again, uh, and it was called, called it Hamster Night, referring back to that night on the 28th of July, 1981. <laughs>
7: Dream of southern days the years are blown away A hamster night in North London In the summer of 81 Let live up those London nights So love may come our way I lift my glass
9: The stars above those hamster skies In that
7: summertime the wine-dark, dreamy
9: nights, a soft silhouette called woman named. As lovers
7: and dreamers, we soar to heights. We don't lose flame of life. All on your champagne smile. There was music from the bus We laughed and laughed away.
9: Right on that raven night The says sands summer on your cherry brand A diamond
7: Hot sails
9: summer on your cherry bread, a diamond in the sherry.
7: dreams and smiles and roll those years away and leap back to that lantern night once, once more to wine and love once more to wine and love once
1: more to wine and love Hampstead Night, for so who were the musicians on that, can you remember?
2: The flute, I'm sure, it was Sarah Lewis.
1: I thought it sounded like Sarah Lewis, And yes. she
2: was absolutely superb. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, again, it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was recorded uh, by Ken Whitelaw, so he would have been there somewhere, yes. I'm sure. Um, um, but you see, 1999, it's a long time ago. <laughs> so my memory doesn't stretch back that far.
1: Well, I'm going to dig back even further. This is from my new book, so there's a contradiction in terms from my new pamphlet, There Will Be Dancing. And in 1981, I won the Chester Poets Open Poetry Competition. That's right. Which is what dragged me to, to meeting you, Mike. That's, <laughs> that's how we met. Yeah. I cycled all the way to Chester from New Ferry and um, I was met so warmly by everybody because I'd written this poem. And what's uh, surprising in a way is when I presented the poems to Dave Costello, who's edited this pamphlet for me, uh, and I presented with a stack of poems, the first thing he said was, Advice to Lot's Wife has to be in it. But. yeah. And when you think it was written in 1981,
2: um, it's,
1: I think it was quite an achievement. So here it is, advice to Lot's wife. Once you've decided what to do, get on with it. Do not spend too long on desert corners thinking about ethics, reasons and things. There are none to be found there. When under such scrutiny, even the best ideas will turn to stone. Just pack your tent and go, alone if necessary and don't ask questions that you don't need to ask. If you should hear the roar of fire close behind, ignore it. Don't tire of running till the race is through. There will be time enough for you to ask those questions and maybe think up some answers then. Don't be tempted by paths that lead away from Zoa, if that is where you say you're going. Don't be petrified in the hot vastness when the wide plain surrounds you, nor be conformed by cities where your brain is pawned to pay the rent. Now, if you're set on going, hurry and don't let doubt stand in your way. Keep wisdom at your side. Then, when the sounds from the cities stop you in your tracks, Above all else, please, don't look back. Yes, so that was um, written in 1981. So I'm well pleased to see it uh, still living, (laughs) still doing things. You
2: were obviously a good writer then, come on. uh,
1: Yeah, I must have had a a, a dormant few years in between. (laughs) 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 It's funny because... picked it up hadn't it fallen right off my reading list you know you have a a list of poems that you normally go to that's what you read and I hadn't read it for probably 20 years and I picked it up relatively well in the last 10 years and I was reading it and it wasn't until I got to the very end I realised I'd written it all in couplets and because you're not aware of it all the way through no but it is all in couplets and it's only at the very end yeah. where it's uh, the couplets are um where the line endings end with the couplets. Yeah. And uh I just thought, wow, when <laughs> It's funny when you look at old stuff and you go and yeah. you're that removed from it, that you can look at it almost like it was written by somebody else. But uh it's back on the reading list now, I can assure you. And you, speaking of reading lists, you have another poem. Two Spheres.
2: Yes, but I f- first of all went to New Chapter Writers, the first, very first time. We used to meet in a, a different pub then. And the prompts were objects. It was a feather, there was a shell, other things. And Padmore produced these objects. And we all, t- I took two marbles with me. And uh, when I got back to Chester in the evening, I sat in a public house called Coach, or the Coach House. Put them on a the table, got my book out, and I wrote this poem almost immediately. Two spheres. Two spheres. Pearled in blue light. Two universes. Twinned. Parallel to one heartbeat's breath. Two poets... Two quills, somewhere sits another me, creates identical words, ink flowing outside of time. Some phantom nib, beyond the stars, scribbles my name.
1: Oh, yes, I like that, and it's got that uh, parallel universe as almost, isn't it as well? <laughs> Locked, it's vague enough to have all sorts of interpretations on it.
2: Well, I do enjoy um, modern science. And what I think is there's um, one branch of science, super string theory, that mm-hmm. say that there's different universes. Yes. Whether that uh, can ever be proved, uh, maybe in the future. And I think I had that in mind.
1: Yes. That's good. And... Uh, and almost a pop song from you now.
2: Yeah, um, years back I used to go to a public house, sometimes on my own in Blaken. I'm going back to 1995 and a uh, bit of a rough pub. There was a, a lady in there that was very attractive, and never, I could never speak to her, I was too shy. But, wrote, but, but because of that, I wrote um, a, a song. Um, Called um, My Monday Girl because it was Monday when I used to go there, say, Monday night, and uh, the song about, about a long time ago.
13: Send your soft, warm smile, my way, girl. Even though you do not know me In this crowded bar each Monday Just once a week I come close away Longing for that chance to get to know you So bring your warming sunshine smile into my life you feel my pounding heart be true For want of loving you It's a busy pub on a rowdy estate but I'm captured by the smile Of an angel's face In the fading light of Mondays I'll come close your way Oh baby, I so wish that I could simply talk To you for every week, I wait for Monday night, waiting for the chance to love and hold you closely. Will you be my Monday girl? So bring your warming sunshine smile into my life and fill my every hour with joy for girl, I. Love you so, a dream of standing close to you As I watch from the lonely corner of this crowded bar Will there come the chance for us to meet? Dreaming of the moment I can hold and love you Will you be my Monday girl? day I know is Monday. While well, other days rip by like shadows. I'm enraptured by this unknown lady. So are you gonna be my date tonight? I need you so, the baby.
2: by Jim Patterson at Ian's in Milnes's house and we have Ian Mills on viola again. Yes. yeah
1: Almost almost a pop song.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Aye. Now then we go back to the archive to July again last year and Ian Parr was our guest poet. Here he is. An
14: unexploded poem. <laughs> there was a poem in a hedge. A threat to life and limb. The policeman said he would allege some poet threw it in. He told us poets are a threat to life and liberty and that no one should forget crimes committed behind a poetry. The roads were closed, the pubs were shut, the public was protected, the bookie claimed his runner was not by poetry infected. At last the bomb squad they arrived, for mental strife prepared, with body armour they'd contrived for showing they weren't scared. They carefully surveyed the scene, taking a big red box out of their truck where it had been, antiseptic to rhymes and metres, unorthodox. That poem they placed in there. The order of the day was caution, that red box they moved off to where disposal of the poem may be safely undertaken with a resounding great explosion. And peace and quiet was resumed in this town, the traffic still rolls up and down, while poems and their poets lie with their verses in the sky. I
1: love that poem, I think it's brilliant. (laughs) Uh, and it's it's humour. Yeah. Great, cause Ian doesn't write a lot of funny stuff, but he writes a lot of very technical stuff, and the his technique and the humour just work really well together. Uh, and we have another song. Another song.
2: Yes. This is. These lyrics, lyrics were written by a young lady at the time, called uh, Narby Peters. Now, she came to Chester Poets, and then I invited her to the folk, a folk session in one of the folk um, sessions in Chester in a public house. And then um, I, I realised she could really sing, so uh, I said, would you like to participate singing some, with, with me, with some of my songs, she agreed. And she didn't live all that far from me and Blake in Mayfield Road, and I went round to her parents' house. And she produced these lyrics she had written. And said, "Could you put music to the mic?" And I said, "Yeah, of course." I will. saying that, I didn't know whether I'd achieve it or not, but I did. And um, it, I think we produced a really good song because it, it it works really well. And the idea was we go to the, found the folk clubs singing it, but we never did. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> uh, at the time, she was a professional dancer on actually on a, on a television program with other dancers. Um but I haven't seen her for years, so Nari Peters and Mike Penny, Nari's words my music
7: Pray don't you leave my now. when the soul is in the song Take this I bear in my heart. Remember the waters that I begged you for the peace of your love.
1: you and Nairi Peters singing. She's got a lovely
2: what? voice, hasn't she? Beautiful voice. And yes. she does c- counterpoint beautifully. Yes. It was recorded at her parents' house on a little cassette yes. recorder. And I recorded it then onto my di- digi recorder. That's how we yes. got, got it. It's a pity, really. We, it, we didn't take off as a duet, you know, singing, because yeah. it, she was so good. I haven't seen her for years, I don't know what's become of her Mm. (laughs) She's probably married now with a different name, I don't know I
1: have no idea, yes Ah, what becomes of people They all end up on vintage radio, that's what becomes (laughs) of people Ah, and uh, you've got another poem, yes
2: About a shop, uh, it's it's an antique shop in Liverpool But an antique shop with a big, big difference It's, It's called 69A, that's the actual postal address of it and the chap that runs the shop, who owns it, is Trevor Doswell, who moved to Liverpool in 1976 from Birmingham, where he had a market stall. First he moved upstairs into number 81, Renshaw Street, that used to be the Mersey Beat offices, where he sold vintage clothes. And in 1980 he moved to 69A Renshaw Street. The atmosphere is wonderful. It's worth a visit. 69A. Here, time's hidden cupboards creak wide on rusted hinges. Two odours aged infused rise to dance from memory's corridors. Forgotten shapes, items from decades lost, return as old friends, unbroken to the vision. Drift, crisscross past mirrors, reflecting fabrics, old hanging coats, yellowed books, boys' annuals. Gate still to lost childhood haunts. See high the peacock feathered hat, some shelf below the f- with phones, baker like red, jade green, and cream. The ratchets poised to dial some family number, years since you knew. Finger poised with clockwise turns. Anxious breath, you wait. They fail to answer. Ah, uh, yes.
1: Yes, again, lots of atmosphere, as there is in this next song, Isolated
2: Heart. Yes, this was recorded in in Scotland. Right. We took our guitars up there, Kemmel bought his guitar as well, and there was a lady be- recording the poetry, uh, and we sang songs. Uh, this is my song, Isolated Heart. By the way, Simon Irving um, was playing the keyboard at his house quite a few years back. Chords, and I began to s- sing over the chords, it's these words. And eventually, it became a song,
1: and that's how it came about. Yeah, and this is our record. Well, you're recording, recorded in Calendar, uh, in the bedroom above um, King's Bookshop. Yeah, here it is. Let's go.
7: It's now morning thoughts go back to you as I sip coffee in the window. What were you doing, girl? Were you out last night? For I thought I saw you clear within a dream. A midnight lover in the suit of white The moon was full and living Like the flame that lit your eyes A pure clear light upon me In a burning jungle night Far off in the gloom There's a dark approaching storm Across the knotted landscapes of my isolated heart <clears throat> It's now a clear day above this lonely town morning shoppers in the Just a memory now as I call your name Where were you going when night time falls A midnight love what were you doing? I glimpsed you in the arms of someone wandering through my dreams and I'm in I the a stranger In the turnings of my mind Far off in the gloom There was thunder on the winds Across the knotted landscapes Of my isolated heart I feel a stranger In this lonely town Busy people just rushing by I cannot find you there in these city streets A star that glowed once bright for me A midnight lover I saw you last in the arms of the newfound stranger In the darkness of that dream Your soft light slowly faded A warmth once meant for me Where shall I go now? I'll search for you no more Across the knotted landscapes of my isolated hearts where shall I go now? I'll search for you no more across the knotted landscapes of my isolated hearts.
1: Yes, that's Mike Penny, our guest poet and guest uh, musician for the day, and that was Isolated Heart, lovely recording from. 2007 or 8? It was, yeah. 7 I think, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, Scotland. Yeah, lovely. You've got time for your last poem and then a final piece of music. Fine, this is called Colour. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, from a prompt uh, with church. Um, It's called Colour. The final centre of space. The universal flame. Leaps from shadows billows some curves of light that speaks in countless tongues at the beginning and time's dying sigh you bloom as a rose each petal in the corner of the void that never fades
1: here is mike's final piece of music you and i
7: And silver shore, placing your hand on my You and I by the sea and silver sand. Shadow, still from the sail. Yeah, it's a long
1: poet Mike Penny with his song You and I which just gives me time to say goodbye from me Kevin Horton and goodbye
2: from me Mike Penny
1: This has been Poetry Roundup brought to you by Vintage Radio Today's guest poet has been Mike Penny, and this is the second part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 18th of March 2020. For further information about the show don't forget you can contact me here at Vintage Radio. Just send an email to the info page I'll be happy to hear from you.